Hello, welcome to the FPS podcast series. This is podcast number five, the CARES Act and Paycheck Protection Program for Small Businesses. My name is Todd Hatherly, and I'm the Director of Programming for Federal Publication Seminars. We are a leader in federal government contract training and professional development for the past 60 years. Every year, Federal Publication Seminars trains thousands of businesses, federal agencies, and individuals on the legal, regulatory, compliance, and accounting nuances found in the federal regulations through nationwide classrooms, online, and in-house sessions. These, prod- these podcasts are a small sampling of important content you, as a contracting professional, can expect from attending an FPS program. Whether it is in person or online, live or on demand, you cannot find another source with the breadth and depth of experience, knowledge, and content anywhere. Please visit us at fedpubseminars.com for more information. Here at FedPubs, as well as with many industry leaders, we've been getting bombarded with calls from government, contractors, and small businesses alike about the number of legal and regulatory changes impacting federal government contracting. And today we're going to focus on the CARES Act and small businesses. And joining me to talk is uh, Gunjan Talati, who's with the part who is a partner with the law firm Kilpatrick Townsend both their D.C. and Atlanta offices. Gunjan, how are you today? Yeah, thank you, Todd. I'm doing well, and I certainly hope you and the FPS family is safe and healthy. Thank you very much. We are, and we're doing well. Uh, I understand you're also uh, on a a task force. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing. That's right. Um, So I am on the Kilpatrick Townsend's COVID-19 task force. And as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Todd, we understand that FPS is is getting a number of questions about the changing regulatory and legal landscape. And so what Kilpatrick Townsend has done is put together a task force comprised of attorneys from a number of different practice areas to be uh, out on the front of these changing um, landscapes so that we can provide timely guidance to our clients that are facing unprecedented questions and issues. Oh, that's fantastic. We we appreciate you uh, taking time out to uh, talk to us about uh, the CARES Act. So so give us give us a little rundown what the CARES Act is. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. So the CARES Act stands for the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, and that's where the CARES comes from uh, from from those uh, from that phrase. Um, the act itself contains provisions in a number of different areas. Some of these have been in the news more than others. Um, For example, Todd, you may have heard that unemployment provisions for folks that are unfortunately uh, laid off or otherwise um, out of work as a result of of the pandemic will now be getting an additional $600 per week for unemployment benefits. Um, That's one of the things that has come out of the CARES Act. Another well-covered issue is the rebates you keep hearing about for taxpayers, that $1,200 payment. Um, So the CARES Act has a number of items that impact people individually, uh, but there are also items that that apply to and are for businesses. Mm -hmm. And one of these is the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, which you've referenced earlier. So, so who, so yeah, and we hear about the Paycheck Protection Program for small business, but who's that for? Yeah, great, great question, Todd. Um, so it is for small businesses. Um, now, most government contractors are going to be familiar with the concept of small business because chances are when they were either starting out 
um, or if they are a large corporation, they've worked with small businesses in some sort of teaming arrangement. Um, but government contractors are really no stranger to the concept of a small business. And the reason the concept of a small business is important in government contracting is that there are certain programs and certain contracts that are set aside or restricted only for small businesses. Um, and, and, and that's, that's sort of a, a good foundation for understanding what a small business is for the Paycheck Protection Program. But, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, but for Paycheck Protection Program purposes, small business has a broader definition. Yeah, and uh, that'd be uh, let, let's let's talk about that broader definition is because I know in contracting you'd look at the SBA and they got different different uh, uh, guidelines as as what constitutes a small business. Is how does that differ and what's the definition within the, based on the CARES Act? Yeah, and and Todd, um, uh, let me just say there has been some confusion around this point, and that's not really. All that surprising given how quickly CARES Act was issued, how fast everything is moving. Um, I mean, we're really seeing the law and regulations move in a matter of days when typically these sorts of things take weeks, if not months, to be thought through, published, get comments on from the public, and then refine. Instead, we're seeing the law pass, interim regulations come into effect, applications open up. Um, I mean, that all happened within the span of, of a few days, with, which is just an, an, an hugely accelerated timeline uh, when you're dealing with government regulation. So, so there is some confusion about who actually is eligible. Um, and those, uh, we have been getting a number of those questions, and, and I'm sure that your listeners have um, similar questions as to whether or not they're eligible. Um, but generally speaking, you're a small business for purposes of the Paycheck Protection Program if, one, you're a small business concern under Section 3 of the Small Business Act. Now, what that means is that you satisfy the size standard that's uh, applicable to your primary industry. Um, and this could be either an employee or revenue-based size standard. Uh, you will often hear folks reference their NICE code. That's the North American Industrial Classification System code. Well, the SBA publishes a table of um, size standards that correspond either a revenue um, size standard or an employee size standard that links up with a particular um, NICE code. If you are below that size standard, um, uh, then then you are considered to be a small business for purposes of that small business act. So that's one way. So if you're traditionally a small business in the government contracting realm, you mm -hmm. are a small business for purposes of the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, but the Paycheck Protection Program recognizes that that's not going to help enough people, enough companies that need help during this difficult time. Um, so there is expanded eligibility for businesses that have less than 500 employees, uh, including uh, employees of, of affiliates. This is the expanded reach, if you will, of what it means to be small. Um, we have also seen an alternative size standard test 
that's come out in guidance published regarding the Paycheck Protection Program. And that is, one, a maximum tangible net worth of the business, not more than 15 million, and two, the average net income of federal income taxes of the business for the two full fiscal years before the date of the app of the application or the date of when you apply um, being not more than five million. So, so as you can see, there are a number of different ways a company may qualify as a small business here. Interesting. Now, now you mentioned the concept of affiliates. What what does it mean within this concept of uh, this CARES Act? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. So for this context, uh, affiliates means um, companies that are are affiliated with each other, um, and and so the Small Business Administration, the SBA, has a set of regulations that guide companies as to what the true size of their company is, regardless of whether you're looking at a revenue-based size standard or an employee-based size standard. Um, and so what these regulations do is walk you through. Um, the, the circumstances where um, companies may be affiliated. And if, a company, if companies are affiliated for these purposes, you have to aggregate the revenues or employees um, at, at all of the concerns involved in order to determine what the size of the company is. What are some of the ways companies can be affiliated? Yeah, um, Todd, so SBA has different affiliation rules for different programs. So in the government contracting realm, when you're talking about affiliation, there are a set of rules um, that I'll call 103 rules. And that refers to 13 CFR 121.103. And I know citing regulations is typically where half the listeners will uh, will stop listening, but, uh, <laughs> right. but, but but I mentioned that because there is a difference between these affiliation rules and the affiliation rules that are available at 13 CFR 121.301. Um, as I mentioned, there are different rules. So the government contracting program eligibility affiliation rules are the ones you're gonna see at, at, at 121.103. But for SBA loan programs, which is really what the Paycheck Protection Program is, um, you would use the affiliation rules at 13 CFR 121.301, um, which are slightly different uh, than the ones at 103. Um, so and, and, they, could, and they couldn't make that any, any harder, could they? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all you're doing exactly. is switching around a couple of digits. Let's let's be a little more, a little more creative here. Anyway, sorry. Go, yeah. go on. <laughs> no, no, right. It's uh, what's the old joke? Nothing, nothing. The government does is simple, right? Exactly. Um, um, but you know, let me just also mention there are different eligibility programs for the Small Business Innovative Research Program, the SBIR, SIBRS. Um, so, so you have to make sure that you understand what affiliation rules apply for the circumstances that you're considering affiliation. Again, for paycheck protection program purposes, you would want to look at um, the the rules at the regulations at 120 at 13 CFR 121.301. Okay. 
And 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 so, um, walking through what some of the actual now breaking it down into English, what are some of the ways that companies can actually be affiliated? Um, there's there's a few different ways. One is through ownership. Um, if you have one company that owns another company, either as a majority shareholder or as a wholly owned subsidiary, those companies are affiliated under 121.301. Um, management can also be another way that companies can be affiliated if you've got common management um, that controls multiple companies. Identity of interest is yet another way that the SBA regulations can find affiliation. Um, and identity of interest um, can manifest in, in, in a few different areas. One could be familial relations. So you could have a husband and wife that have their own companies. Um, right. Well, the yeah, exactly. And, and so, so SBA, um, the regulations may allow for a finding of affiliation based on identity of interest there. And you've right. also got a sort of catch-all situation where the SBA can look at totality of the circumstances. And even if there isn't one sole factor that um, uh, tips uh, uh, over into affiliation, um, what the SBA can do is say, all right, but, but looking at the picture, big picture in the whole, um, as to how the companies are working together, they can find affiliation on that basis. Um, the main thing you want to keep in mind with affiliation, Todd, is that it's, it's really related to control or the ability to control. So where you have either can one, where you either have the ability of one company to control another company or um, that, that control is actually manifested, um, uh, you can have affiliation. Also, um, uh, control can be affirmative or negative control. Um, clearly, you, one company has the ability to uh, control another company if uh, that, that other company has to go back to the first company in order for permission to do anything. That's, right. and then that's, yeah, that's an example of affirmative control. Um, but you can also have negative control if the other company has the ability to block or um, without actually taking any affirmative action, it could otherwise impair the other company's ability to do business simply by serving as some sort of veto. That's negative control. Interesting. Now, I'll, I'll uh, finish up here with a couple quick questions. Considering how fast this is moving and how many people are applying, how many businesses are applying, who's examining the affiliation issue and What's the government, how's the government going to enforce eligibility? Yeah, so in terms of who's examining the affiliation issues for the Paycheck Protection Program, well, it, it's a self-certification process. Um, so what that means is that companies have to understand these affiliation rules, um, and they've got to make sure that they are truly eligible for the loans when they submit their application. You'll see on the application form, there are, I mean, there's language that says, you're certifying that you're eligible and, and appropriate to receive these programs. And there's a few um, uh, items of eligibility that we haven't discussed, such as not being presently suspended or debarred or proposed for debarment um, uh, that, that 
companies will have to look at too, but affiliation and making sure that you are the right size to apply for this program is an important one and, and the burden falls on the applicant to satisfy that requirement. This, this can cause some large challenges for the government uh, when they start enforcing this eligibility, I would think. That, that's right. And, and you know, in, enforcement will be something we see down the road. Um, but there is potential liability for companies that get it wrong. Um, if you are not eligible, but you submit an application, and the government has no shortage of tools to enforce its regulations. Um, it can pursue uh, damages under the False Claims Act for um, uh, submitting a false certification um, uh, relating to eligibility. Uh, so you've got potential civil liability there. Um, there's administrative uh, sanctions through, uh, no, scratch that, don't say sanctions. There's administrative processes such as suspension or debarment, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, which is where the government prohibits uh, a company from getting future government contracts or grants. Um, and right. there could potentially be criminal liability for making false statements, uh, for submitting an application when you knew or should have known uh, that you weren't eligible to submit an application. Yeah, so, so if I was a small business and I'm looking at this, I should be doing what? So as a small business, you would one, want to make sure you understand what this program is for, um, that the Paycheck Protection Program uh, is to help small businesses with payroll expenses. Take a look at the guidance that's been published on what funds can be used for and determine whether or not that's what you would need the money for, and that's what you would use the money for. Um, and then take a look at whether or not you're eligible. Consider your affiliation situation. If you don't understand the affiliation rules, which, which are candidly tricky, um, reach out to your trusted advisors, your counsel, and, and make sure you get their input on whether or not you're eligible. And then work with your bankers um, uh, to get your application submitted. Thank you, Gunjan, for taking the time out today. If, you're, if someone wants to get a hold of Gunjan, uh, how would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, like many folks these days, we are all of Kilpatrick attorneys are available remotely. Um, and so to get a hold of me, uh, anybody can feel free to dial my uh, office line, which will ring me on my cell phone. And that's 202-481-9941. Or they can always drop me an email at G Talati, that's T A L A T I, at KilpatrickTownsend.com. Thank you very much. For all you listeners out there, if you have topics you want us to cover in a podcast, please send me a note at Todd at BedPubSeminars.com. And until next time, stay safe, keep your distance, and remember to read the FAR. <laughs>